Hello, leaders, and welcome to Connections, the podcast. This is where we sit down with some of our friends and talk about how God wants to use us to lead the women in our community to be better women, mothers, and leaders. I'm Jennifer Iverson, and our guest today is MOPS volunteer Stacy Morgan. Stacy and I recorded this conversation a few weeks ago before the outbreak of COVID-19 here in the United States. The ideas that we talk about are some you can use still in your group today as you are celebrating the to the full year. Whether you do your meeting virtually or some other creative way, I hope you enjoy this conversation and take some great ideas. Stacy, thank you for being here today. We're always excited when we get to talk to you. And today, um, I'm excited to hear how this to the full year, this theme for this year has just really impacted your life. Um, so can you tell us a little bit, um, give us a little bit of an overview about you and your family and sort of what, um, what this to the full year looks like? Sure. Well, I have loved this theme year. You know, this year, this theme has felt like, you know, that thing that happens once in a decade where you buy a pair of jeans and you put them on and they're like the perfect fit. And you're like, oh my gosh, this will never happen again. Yeah. Uh, that's what this theme kind of felt like for me. Uh, just every aspect of it just perfectly lined up with what's going on uh, in my life and has been going on for the last about year. So, um, I am a MOPS coach. I've been a MOPS member for 16 plus years. I have four kids and I'm married to Drew Morgan, who's an army officer and a NASA astronaut currently on board the International Space Station. So this past year has been a little bit crazy because, yes. yeah, because this past summer uh, on July 20th, 2019, which was the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11. So that was kind of a cool coincidence. Uh, my husband launched from Kazakhstan on a Soyuz rocket to the International Space Station, where he is almost done. He's still, still a little bit left, but a nine month mission on board the International Space Station. Yeah. Now, so I'm just going to, um, first of all, I just, people who know me know I am like a major geeky nerd, whatever term you want to make it. So this to me is like the coolest thing ever. Yeah, that's, that's a long time, Stacy. Long time. I mean, to kind of put it in perspective, he left uh, kind of at the beginning of the summer because he had to do a month of quarantine before launch. So he, he left at the beginning of the summer and he's pretty much coming back at the end of the kid's school year. There'll be less than a month left of school when he gets home. So yeah. it's been a long time, especially in the lives of, of kids right so sure yeah sure and holidays and everything yeah yes the big yes. thing so tell me a little bit um you know we have lots of different aspects of to the full um which i love the the end of our verse that says that god has come so that we could have life to the full talk to us a little bit about how you were able to do that throughout this year Sure. Well, I mean, I have loved every aspect of this idea of living life to the full because this past year has felt very full to me in many ways. But um, those sub themes of um, fear less and find your people and have more fun, just all three aspects of those just really fit in with what was going on in my life. And I've just loved it. Talk to us about fear less then. Okay. Well, 
Let me tell you, I'll just tell you a little bit about what the launch is like, and you'll kind of understand um, how Fearless has really been a core element of my year this year. So imagine for a moment that you're standing in a wide open field and you're holding the hands of your kids, and there's about 10 of your closest family and friends there with you, and it's dark and it's quiet, nobody is talking. And then one of those people with you starts a countdown. Two minutes, one minute, 30 seconds, 10 seconds. And then you know that at the end of that countdown, at that exact you know, zero moment, uh, that moment will either be one of the most epic highlight moments of your life, or it's gonna be the absolute worst, most terrible moment of your life. And you're not, and you're not actually 100% sure which way it's going to go. And that's kind of the launch experience, you know, in a nutshell. It's absolutely overwhelming uh, emotionally and physically. And um, I remember standing there, um, knowing that my kids were feeling all those emotions at the same time, but they were also looking to me for kind of how should I be responding in this moment. And I think honestly, it was so overwhelming that if I had not had kids there to be strong for it would have been tempting just to kind of settle and sit on the ground and let the moment kind of overtake me because it was absolutely overwhelming, this just mix of all these different emotions. But the one I think that felt the most tangible in that moment was fear. Sure. Um, and, not, and not just fear from kind of the fact you're going to see this rocket launch and, and everything that goes on with lighting a rocket, but the kind of fear that comes with the unknown, you know, knowing that either way, uh, even if the launch was perfect or if there was a problem, um, at that moment, my life is about to dramatically change. The lives of my children are about to dramatically change. And that change is going to be full of unknowns and things that I cannot control. And it's going to go on for an extended period of time. And so that, that's a really super tangible fear that was just super overwhelming. So in that moment, I remember standing there and feeling that, uh, that overwhelming fear. And I remember looking down and seeing my my brand new tattoo, I just got a tattoo two weeks earlier, is my one and only. I don't want anybody to think I've got like full sleeves, but I've got one tattoo on my wrist and it says Esther 414. And um, this, the Old Testament book of Esther is just kind of my jam. It really resonates with me on a lot of different levels. But that one verse in particular is, um, is the moment in the story where Esther has to face something really scary and she doesn't know which way it's going to go. And it's really kind of this holy moment, God placing her in that place at that time for a reason. And that's, that is how I felt standing there in that field with my kids. Like, this is a moment I, I am here for a reason. I am terrified. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm here for a reason. And so with about 30 seconds left in that countdown, I, I kind of turned to my kids and I said, all right, I want us to hold hands in a line and we're going we're to step forward a little bit. So we kind of move forward about... 10, 20 feet. So there was nobody else between us and the rocket. And, and I thought to myself, like, okay, um, whatever happens, even though I'm feeling a lot of fear right now, we as a family are going to face this together. And no matter which way this goes, you know, God is with us. Doesn't make the fear go away, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, just kind of acknowledging like, we're going to do this together and God is with us. And it was a really poignant moment for me. I think I wasn't expecting it to be kind of such an emotional spiritual moment they're facing this fear head on and that's kind of what i love about this subheader fear less that it's not about it's not like the, the subheader isn't no fear <laughs> it's fear right. less because it's not about having no fear in your life because that's absolutely impossible it's it's about the peace and confidence that god gives us to face scary moments in our lives you know no matter what they are whether it's like serious illness or family dynamics or finances or 
rocket launches. You know, it's rem- <laughs> it gives us that opportunity to remind ourselves that, that God has placed us in this moment right here, right now, even if it's scary or uncomfortable. And we can fear less in that moment because he is with us, no matter how scary it is. I love that. And I love the visual of actually taking a step into it. You know, I think sometimes we have all of these fears, um, but when we take action, that is when we actually fear less. And so the action of doing that um, is just beautiful. And I love how you said you just held your hands and you said, we're doing this together. Um, That kind of leads into the second tenant, which was find your people. Um, I'm sure your kids are a strength um, in the midst of all of that as well. But, um, you know, as you are parenting, single parenting at this point and navigating um, uh, four kids across a various range of emotions and hormones, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah, lots of hormones. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about how you found your people throughout this year? Yeah, you know, I think in my head, I've always known that, of course, it's important to have family and friends. We hear that all the time. You know, if you want to do life well, you need to have trusted family and friends around you. But I think this year has forced me to fully embrace that concept in my heart. Because honestly, I think as I reflect back on kind of what my default way of doing life is, um, I don't often really want to bring other people into the hard places of my life. I mean, like I, it just forced me to get really honest about myself. Like sure. I like doing things independently. I think a lot of moms do, you know, it's, it's often feels like it's faster and easier and I can do things exactly the way I want without getting any annoying feedback from people that maybe I don't want. And, um, and, and often like the voice in my head says like, you are inconveniencing people. Like if you ask for help, you are inconveniencing them and that secretly they may resent me for asking them for help. I mean, those, that, that is a lie. I know that's a lie, but that is kind of the voice that I hear in my head sometimes and saying it out loud, you know, that it's not true, but I know that that is kind of how I default in life. I will default to just put my head down and forcing through it on my own. But this year really starting even before the launch, um, I life, this whole, this whole process, because it's so complicated and involves so many just so many pieces. Um, it, you know, life forced me to admit that I cannot do this on my own and stop lying to myself. I can't do this on my own anymore. I have to ask for help. I need to surround myself with people who I can be honest with about what my needs are and, um, and be, you know, ask for help, not just for logistical stuff. Like I need a carpool and by carpool, I actually mean you just drive my kid. I really can't carpool with you right now. When I say carpool, I actually mean you just drive them. Um, But I have a lot of, you know, emotional and spiritual needs too. And so, I mean, starting with, it really, really kind of came to like full, you know, throttle for the launch trip. I mean, that trip um, is a 10 day trip. It's on the other side of the world in Kazakhstan. It was was the summertime. It was 105 degrees there every day. You can't drink the water. The time changes are you know, hard on everybody. And I have four kids. And so it was a really overwhelming trip, um, logistically, physically. And then on top of that, I had all these emotions going into this launch that really just made me uh, feel overwhelmed uh, kind of in every aspect of my life. And so I had no choice but to ask for and receive help when it came specifically with taking care of my kids and myself. And we brought um, some friends and family with us and they took care of everything. I mean, they, uh, they, I had to, I needed their help. I could not do it on my own. 
And so it was probably some, probably the hardest 10 days of my life in many ways, but I don't think I've ever felt as cared for in, than I, in my life than I have in those 10 days. And, and part of that was surrounding myself with these people who are willing to help. And the other half was me being willing to accept the health that they were, that they were offering. And um, it was really incredible. Uh, and I felt extremely vulnerable in that, those moments. It was, you know, it's hard to say, I can't do this, or I don't even know what I need, but I just can't do it. And let someone just kind of step in and take over and just do that thing for you. But um, it was uncomfortable but I had to lay all my needs out there and let someone step up and help me. And, and that continued even when we came home, you know, um, the launch is like a wedding and then you come home and the marriage begins. Right. So uh, a lot of people just like with, you know, just like with anything in life, when you have a really like a high big moment, you know, a lot of people want to be there for the launch. Right. Um, but it's, it, life is a marathon. And so, a lot of people there at the beginning, but the really hard work comes two, three, you know, eight months later, when I'm slogging through the single parenting and complex relationships and weird new life that I'm in. And this is where your real people like step up and really come in there. So um, once I got back home and the real stuff began, like I had to continue to force myself to stay open and be vulnerable and express to my people that I need help. And it really has changed how I look at being vulnerable. That it's not as scary as I I think thought it would be. It's definitely not how I normally go about my life. And in generosity, I mean, so many people have been so generous um, with the kids and I while Drew's been gone. I mean, uh, the most awesome example, I think, of this generosity that I've received during this time, which will resonate with every mom on this planet, is that a woman from my church, like we, we hadn't been home three weeks. And she said, I want to bring you dinner on Monday night. And I was like, awesome. Like, yeah, yeah. bring it on Monday. Sure. And then when she dropped it off, she said, uh, and I also love that she didn't try to hang around and like <laughs> make it a whole thing. <laughs> like, right. oh, now we got to socialize. Like, no, she dropped off the food and then was ready to leave. And she said, so um, does this time work for next Monday? And I was like, you're going to bring food <laughs> next Monday? And she said, yeah, I'm going to bring you dinner every Monday while Drew's gone. And I was oh. like, I'm sorry, you do know this is like nine months. I know. Right? Like, like, do nine, you know what you not, signed yeah. up for? Not nine days, not nine weeks, like nine months. You do know how many Mondays that is? And she was like, yeah. I, and when I asked her later, like, so what, you know, this is a huge commitment. This is an incredible yeah. gift. You're giving me like, what's up? What's up with this? And she was like, yeah, you know, when I had kids, people stepped up and, and brought me food and it was really meaningful to me and I couldn't pay it back, you know, or pay it forward even then when I, but I can now. And this is just me passing that blessing along. And it has been amazing. I mean, everybody knows not having to feed your kids and she brings like double. And so I feed them for several days off of it, like huge blessing. And, you know, other, other people have uh, fixed stuff at my house and took my 16 year old out to learn how to drive, which was a huge thing, you know? Um, And sometimes it's just friends like being available to me when I feel lonely, which is a lot and sad, or I just need someone to talk to. Um, people being so thoughtful on so many levels and really what it comes down to it is uh, you have to find these people and then they become the hands of feet and Jesus to you. If Jesus to you, it's just, you know, they have um, served me in every, in every way. And it has, it has changed me. And um, you know, just like with the woman who brings me the food, I may not be able to bless others in that same way in this season of my life, but you better believe me, it changes you and you, I will spend the rest of my life looking for opportunities on how I can, you know, do the same thing for others because it's absolutely remarkable. 
You know, it's interesting. We, um, when we, when I think of find your people, we use this phrase in mops and in kind of the Christian church world of doing life together. You know, just that idea that you really are walking arm in arm through something together. And the concept of being able to find your people as a mom, I think a lot of people first go to the tangible. Like, okay, I'm going to find my people who can carpool together and we can sit in the bleachers together at something or go to the park together with our kids. But I like how you, you touched on the vulnerability of, no, I needed to find my people that could be there for me emotionally and spiritually. And that that's a whole different level of vulnerability than just even being able to say, I need help getting my kids from one place to another, or I need babysitting or something like that, which I think that's even a hard step for some moms that feel very independent. The woman that's bringing you food every Monday, I just think sometimes we as moms forget about some of those seemingly little things. Like if I'm making food and I just make a little bit extra to take to somebody or like our supper club sisterhood that we had this year, it doesn't seem like it's a huge deal. But if we flipped it around, it means so much. I mean, this woman now is like next level to me, right? She's like the example of like everything to me. And you know, we weren't like amazingly close or something before this event. And that's, what's really cool. Like she wasn't like, she wasn't my mentor. She wasn't my, uh, you know, like she was, she's not my mom, obviously. Um, she was just a woman who saw a need and like called me, you know, and now because I see her every Monday, my kids look forward to it. They're like, what's she bringing? You know, I'm like, I don't know, but it's going to be great. You know? So I mean, who cares? I didn't cook it. I don't care what she brought. We will eat anything. Exactly. It's going to be amazing and you're going to love it and you're going to eat it. So uh, what does it matter? But she's, I mean, we look forward to it and it is like a relief, you know, it's such a, like, I love it. It's like, oh, it's a Monday. I don't have to think about that. And it's a huge, mm-hmm. you know, that's a huge just piece of logistic burden off of me. But, you know, it also just like makes me feel so loved because it is, yeah. it is tangible. Um, but like you said, you know, I also, because of, because she started with that tangible need. Now, if I need something else that's not as tangible, a listening ear, um, her to watch a kid so I can go to an appointment or something that's a little bit more sensitive. Like she's someone who I would call now. And so sometimes yeah. it starts with those, a, the simple step of, can I bring you a coffee? Can I drop off this meal? Can I fold your laundry for you while we sit here and talk about yeah. stuff? Like, and it develops into more. I mean, that's kind of the, that's the amazing thing about finding people who have these shared values and, um, and truly want to, do this journey with you out of yeah. the goodness of their heart, not to get anything out of it or all, all that kind of stuff. I can totally see if Jesus um, came to earth now, he would totally be the person that was bringing meals on every Monday. That's totally a Jesus thing. <laughs> okay. So the last tenant um, for our to the full year was have more fun, which I just have to say, first off, The idea of essentially being a single mom for um, nine plus months, you know, really essentially a full year, because I assume that when he comes back, it's not like he's just jumping right back in. (laughs) No, not exactly. Dad. 
there's a lot of things that are going to happen, I'm sure, in the next few months for you. Um, but to me, I default to the to-do list and have more fun goes right out the window. You know, we are in survival mode, not fun mode. So how did this aspect um, integrate into life this year? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. I think when life gets hard or complicated or I'm tired, for most of us, I'll speak for myself, for me, my tendency is to ball up into like like a little hedgehog and just um, do what's got to get done, right? And so when I'm balled up, there's very little fun going on. Like, I'm just sure. going to stick to that to-do list. I'm, I just don't have time. I just, there's no time in the day to do anything fun. And if there is fun stuff going on, I'm putting fun in air quotes here, because like, if there's any fun stuff going on, it's like kid fun stuff. And right. I'm just like, which usually is not fun for me. It's just like taking them to this fun thing, or I sit and supervise while they do this fun thing. But very little of it is actually for me. And I have learned kind of over the years that um, I have to have fun in my life. I think we all do. Uh, to help, not just because, you know, it's fun, but because it helps me regain perspective that I lose when I'm down in the weeds of life, just like slogging it out. Because you will just stay in the weeds, slogging it until like, like forever, <laughs> unless you force yourself to go out and do something fun. So knowing that about myself, knowing that when I am in seasons that are difficult and complicated, like the one I'm in right now, I have to make a little pact with myself uh, that when opportunities arise, I will choose to have fun. I will um, unfurl my little hedgehog ball and actually take advantage of opportunities that to have, to have fun that come across my path. So a couple things I did this year that were a little bit out of the ordinary. Um, like the first thing I did was uh, my friend and I both had old televisions in our houses randomly, like the kind of the big you know, tubes in them. Oh, and we, yes, and we, the giant yeah, boxes. Yeah, and like one day I was like, hey, I have this old television. I don't even like know what to do with it. It's so old you can't even like put it out in the trash. And she was like, you know what we should do with it? And I was like, smash it. And she was like, yes. And so we took our TVs out in the backyard, put them on a tarp. And one Saturday morning, we got two sledgehammers and smashed the crap out of these two televisions. Nice. Because uh, you can do and this. You can pay. Yeah, yes, and eye protection. Is we, yes. To this, let Important, us yes. Safety first. Safety, safety first. Eye protection. Um, please. Yes. <laughs> you can actually go to places, you know, and pay money to smash appliances as a stress relief. And so this was nice. like. Yeah, this was like Pinterest DIY smashed house, like in our own backyard. Let me tell you, it was crazy. Um, I explained to a few people what we were going to do and they were like, I'm confused. What? Uh, and then they were very concerned about the cleanup aspect of it, which is so mom. They were like, yes. the, I was like, listen, you're losing the perspective on how fun and awesome this is going to be. We're going to smash these televisions. like, <laughs> And then we are going to slow-mo videotape the whole thing, which is what we did. Nice. So we went out there and we just smashed these things. Into, like It was so fun. It was ridiculous. We got it in slow-mo video, which was pretty awesome. And then we right. did got clean it, it up. Got it for the gram. For, yes. Very nice. For all the, for all the people who are concerned about cleanup, we cleaned it up. It was fine. Um, so that was really fun and stress relieving. And then a couple of months later, I got this flyer on my door for roller skating lessons. And um, I was like, this is enticing. <laughs> you know? So right. now in my, in my defense, okay, when I got this flyer, I called the roller rink and they implied we're going to be a lot more adults in these lessons than um, 
actually was true. <laughs> um, because I was like, all right, this sounds cool. I know how to roller skate, but I don't really like know how to roller skate. I kind of like right. get going and then I have trouble stopping and I can't do anything. Like I just keep going in circles because I can't do anything else. So you I know thought, enough to take your kids to the birthday party. That's right. Well, they have fun. Right. And right. so I thought, why don't I learn? This will be fun. Like let's teach an old dog new tricks. And I told my three girls, um, you're, we're going to do this together because, you know, hey, if I'm going to do this, we're going to make a memory. So you're going to come with me. And so we showed up at the first couple lessons and um, it was like me, my girls, and like a dozen little kids. <laughs> and nice. I was like, where nice. are the adults? Because the awkward part is that all those little kids' parents were sitting on the side watching right. me take lessons with their 10 year old. And I'm sure they were nice. like, what is happening? So it was, um, super awkward the first couple times, but you know, um, once I got over myself, these lessons have been so fun. Like, first of all, yeah. I can now skate backwards. I can stop properly. So I don't just ram into other people when I need to change directions. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. Um, but you know, more than that, I think it's been awesome for my kids to see me learning something new, uh, especially something like, like kind of like a physical skill is, you know, like you don't, we don't learn a lot of new physical skills sure. after a certain age, especially a lot like roller skating, obviously. Right. Um, and and to, for them to see me prioritizing having fun, I think is really cool. I mean, I think I, I know I get upset when my kids see me only as a cook or their taxi driver or a cleaner or all the, you know, we get so upset. Like I'm so much more than that. Why don't you understand that I have a life? Well, when do they see me having a life? Like when do they see like, a life? Yeah. Huh? They're like, yeah. They're like, Oh, you say you have a life, but we've never seen it. Like you're just, you know, like when, like, you're like, you know, when you're at school, I'm doing a lot of amazing things, you know, <laughs> like, they're like, sure, sure. Whatever. Right. Where's that peanut butter and jelly I asked she's for five minutes ago? That, you know, exactly. You're like, well, you'll have to take my word for it. But it was, you know, it's been cool for them to see me in this environment. Um, and again, not just as the person taking them to something and watching them do something, but to do it with them uh, up close and, and struggle with something and, and work through it. And let me tell you, falling hurts a lot more now than it did you know, 30 years ago. Like, I don't know how these kids, they like bounce when they hit the ground. And I, I land like a sack of potatoes and I'm like, oh my my hips hurt my legs yeah i'm gonna feel that one tomorrow um but it's been awesome uh it's really helped me regain that perspective like hey life can be hard because my life is hard it's very complicated it's tough i'm single parenting i'm the only one only person in the house taking care of bills and taxes and yard work oh, and car taxes. maintenance and it's just a slog you know some days are just a slog like oh my gosh sure. what i'm here for like another you know, legal adults in this house right now, right. you know, right. But, um, Just but adult conversation. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like a person to have a real conversation with, uh, but it can be hard and it can still have fun. Like I can still have fun. It can still be good. Those are not two mutually exclusive concepts. Um, but sure. sometimes it won't happen unless you're intentional about it and you have to prioritize the time. I mean, if I had not paid to take these lessons, I would not randomly on a Saturday morning be like, everybody get up, we're going to the roller rink. You know? Right, like, right. Like, no, like I, I had to actually do it, prioritize it, put a little money behind it. That certainly helps you prioritize things. And, um, and it's been awesome. It's just been, it's been fun. And I, I think back like, you know, this, how my kids were like, we're doing what? And I'm like, yes. And in 20 years, I hope they look back and they're like, remember that? <laughs> 
that weird time when our mom did roller skating lessons with us? That was weird. I'll be like, that's right. Awesome. It was fun. It was awesome. You loved it. Yeah, let me remind you. You loved it. Look, with three girls, um, one of them always has a bad attitude. One of the three is always in a mood, right? But um, I'll be like, no, you loved every second of it. And it was like the best (laughs) thing of your life. remembering it properly you're just not remembering that's right that's right let me let me show you a couple pictures and remind you what an awesome childhood you have starting with these roller skating lessons it was awesome (laughs) nice nice i love how you say that too it's like incorporating some of that just into our day-to-day remembering what is this going to look like how can we actually say yes to some of that Just to kind of wrap this up, for our leaders that are listening, I think as we get to the end of the year, um, you know, we encourage you to look at the theme as a whole, to look at some of these different tenants, and to really reflect on how has this theme entered into your lives. And while um, they may not ever have their husband go up into space. Um, I do think that what you've just illustrated is really our day to day. You know, what, whatever job, whatever life situation you're in, there are still lots of opportunities for us to um, look back and recognize when we have feared less, when we have found our people. I mean, that's part of what MOPS is all about. And, and when we can say we're having more fun and sometimes we need to stop and go, okay, wait a minute. There are times that I've done this in the past year, or maybe I need to look at this with a little different perspective. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to get intentional about all three of those things. They just, they are not things that naturally become our day to day unless we are intentional about inserting these things that this is how I will choose. I will choose to react with less fear when I'm faced with scary or uncomfortable or unknowns in my life that make me feel bad. And I will choose to prioritize continually being connected to the people who care for me and choose. I mean, I have to actively force myself to say, um, I need this help. And, and one of the awesome things about finding your people is I have a great friend who sometimes when that inner monologue is saying, you need help, but we don't want to inconvenience people. This, you shouldn't ask about this. You should just handle this on your own. No one really wants to hear this. She's a trusted person that I can say, this is, this is I think, a need. Like, am I crazy? Should I ask for this? And she can give me that perspective that sometimes be in my own head, I don't have. And so you've got to have people like that. And then you've got to, you've got to find time for fun or your life will become a slog. Like it will just be boring. Like who wants to live a boring life? But I think that is the tendency of life. We don't want to you don't want another year to go by where you look back and you're like, what did we do this year? Um, well, I like vacuumed and I like, you know, typed on my computer and I made dinner a million times. Like, like nothing really happened. Like throw in some high points, but you have to be, you have to be intentional about getting them in there. It will not, you can't wait for someone else to invite you into these moments because they are rare and all the more rare if you're waiting for someone else to invite you. Like it's time for you to do, it's time for you to create it and you to invite people to come along with you. Yeah. I think that just perfectly ties back into the theme verse this year. Um, you know, it says the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. And it's just, when you say that life is boring, life is day to day the same and there's no um, moments where we can talk about that. That is that. 
Um, but the rest of the verse says that I, Christ, have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And so we know that there are a ton of to the full stories out there from this year. Um, and so we encourage you as leaders to share your stories with your groups, encourage you to invite the moms to share their stories, and we encourage you to celebrate this year. You can but we also invite you to share your stories with us at Mops International. Um, and you can do that by just uh, going onto our social media and sharing there, or you can email your stories to leaders at mops.org. So Stacy, I just, I thank you for sharing. I thank you for inspiring us. And um, we will be praying for you as you go through these next several months and adjusting to life again and a different a different stage of life thanks for thanks for being here thank you so much for having me thank you for listening in leaders remember very often the difference between surviving and thriving as a leader is just our willingness to step up learn something new or do something different and we know you're doing a lot of that right now and we are so proud of you